As disciples of Jesus, we have the good news that this world needs to hear, but are we sharing it? Instead of waiting for people to come to you in need, have you ever considered inviting them to walk with you as you follow Jesus? It's time to go the second mile and bringing friends along. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5, 41, where he says, if anyone asks you to go one mile, go with him the second as well. And so and as believers in Jesus, as disciples of Jesus in 2020, we don't want to do the bare minimum. We want to say we are believers on mission with the best news in the world, and we don't do things halfway because he is too great and glorious to keep to ourselves. And that's why this episode about bring a friend along is so important for us. So uh, this is the last kind of in a series of things that I've been doing to share, hey, well, how do we get back to the new church normal and kind of an experiment that we're doing at our church to say, you know what, if there's not going to be this fictitious date where everybody feels okay again and not afraid of the coronavirus and everybody floods back to church and programs programmings are the way they used to be, if we're not going to return to the old normal, let's rebuild for the new normal. And so we asked every uh, all of our people, all ages, to say, pick a group, whether it's either in person or online, and commit for the next three months. That's it. That's all we're talking about, three months. And give your best to either an in-person group or an online group and commit to five objectives. Number one, prioritize the weekly group gathering. Number two, commit to intentional checkups during the week. Three, strive for personal holiness and don't give in to sin. Four, seek the city's welfare and find a place in the city to bless. And find, bring a, uh, five, bring a friend along. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, so what this means is, is that we are encouraging our groups to say, who is it that you need to be reaching out to right now? Who is it that you need to be looking at and saying, you know what? This person is spiritually receptive. Now, you might know people that uh, are, are lost, that don't have a relationship with Jesus, but they're defiant, rebellious. They, they, they seem very hardened to that. I'm not saying give up on those people, but what I'm asking our folks is I want you to prayerfully look around in your life to say, who is someone who may be lost but is at least receptive right now? They're engaging. They're asking questions. They're in close proximity to one of your members. They're, they're talking with you about spiritual things. They're open for prayer. That's the person that I want your entire group to focus in on and say, we're going to try to bring that person to faith in Christ. We're going to share the gospel, but also we're going to share our lives with this person so that they know there's some people, there's some believers, there's some disciples of Jesus Christ that love him, but also love that person. And then as you're following Jesus, you bring a friend along. So let me show you what that can look like in your life and in your group this week. So for those who just followed Jesus in the first mile, there are those people that I have spent most of my life trying not to be this person, but where if I ever feel like, oh, there's an opportunity for me to share the gospel or to share my faith in Jesus and I choke up and I get nervous, right? Well, first milers, a lot of times we're willing if we're asked. If someone says, are you a believer? How can I follow Jesus? Or, or uh, we've also been taught in churches, and I used to teach this, right? You're going to live in such a way that someone's going to walk up to you one day and say, what's so different about you? I want it as well. And then you would say, Come follow Jesus. Well, that's happened only one time in my life, right? And it was a rare occasion. It doesn't happen every day. But what does happen every day is that I interact with people who need to hear the gospel, who need to hear grace, who need redemption. 
And a lot of times they may not ask me. So if first milers are ready to share the gospel, they're willing if they're asked. Second milers are ready to ask. They're ready to say, let me be intentional with the people that are around you. And so as we've been studying the book of Daniel as a church, we've been encouraging these groups to really have this kind of expectant exile mentality to say, when the world's going crazy, we're going to be sane. We're going to be peaceful. We're going to be people who offer hope uh, in a world that seems like it doesn't have much of it. So what does that mean for us? Well, throughout the book of Daniel, we discover that even though they were exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon, the worst city in the world, right? The most pagan, godless uh, city in the world. We discover that people were coming to faith due to the examples of Daniel and his friends. These resolved followers were making a difference, even so that kings were bowing the knee to God Almighty. Uh, Pagan, godless, ruthless kings were bowing the knee to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Why? Because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided we're going to stay committed to God, even in a culture that you know completely rebels against him. And people were coming to faith. There were people who were experiencing there, other people that were interacting with them. And to see that when, when Daniel had this vision where, where he could explain the king's dream, when everybody else was clueless, and all of a sudden Daniel stands up and instead of taking the responsibility on himself. He goes, let me, let me point this out, that God Almighty is going to do this. People were hearing about the one true God even when they were in exile. So, so what we want to do in our groups, I want to encourage you to consider this, is that within your group, seek out one person that one member has a natural connection with and is currently spiritually receptive. Okay, So within your group, I'm not asking everybody in our groups, if you had 12 group members, everybody bring a lost person next week or everybody invite a lost person onto your Zoom. That might be a little bit of a different scenario. Um, you may have more than one, but I really want every group to say, okay, so Joe over here has a next door neighbor named Mike, and Mike is very close. They've been talking about stuff. He's been anxious. His marriage is struggling, and he's seeking answers. Joe, why don't you ask Mike to come along? Why don't you invite him into our group? And because he seems spiritually receptive right now, and invite him in. And you may say, whoa, whoa, whoa. but wait a minute. Uh, Mike's not a Christian yet. Can he come to a group? Hopefully, your group is structured and ready to go that, yes, a lost person would feel welcome and open to coming to a group. And so it may mean that you have to do things a little bit differently, but instead of asking people all the time to say, hey, leave all of your friends, all your way of life, and come follow Jesus, and when you follow Jesus, then you can start walking alongside me. What if we flip that right now? What if we're if we're living in an exile type of time in our own life and the cultures are changing and the world's going crazy? What if instead of us saying, you know what, when you decide you can come join us, what if we started walking shoulder to shoulder, life to life with people who aren't walking with the Lord right now and say, why don't you come along with us? Why don't you come to our group? What if people, before they ever walked into a worship service, join your group in person or online and that the questions that they have that it was an open and acceptable and ready place that they could people could share that and that they could ask that and answers would be given. Judgments wouldn't be given. Prayers would be given. And that that person could possibly come to faith in Christ by watching people who are following Christ. What would happen if you decided to bring a friend along? So what if your group decided, you know, in our church, we we call them gospel groups because we want to grow in the gospel and go with the gospel. What if your group decided 
who is one person that one of our group members is spirit that is connected with naturally. It's a family member, it's a friend, it's a neighbor, it's a coworker, and we ask them to join, whether it's in Zoom or an online group or in person, and we just say, why don't you come along? This person may say, I'm not even a believer yet. I've got a lot of questions. Don't worry. I got a group of friends, right? It's and, and try to do it this way. It's not we have a Bible study class that always meets at this time and you need, hey, I have a group of friends. They're they're church members, man, that I just love them to death. We have the best time together, and we're just learning how to follow Jesus together. Why don't you come along? And, and just be a part, no judgment, whatever, right? And then what you do is you, you tell your group, hey, I've got Mike, he's coming. And, and you allow the group to pray, strategize, invite, and include that person into the life of the group even before they have a relationship with the Lord. And as you bring this person into the fray, you're going to watch something remarkable that's going to happen. How every member steps up in their commitment as they grasp the spiritual need present. What's going to happen is, is that people are going to see that this person is literally hanging in the balance, needing the gospel. And in my case, when I, whenever I've seen this happen, you know what takes place? Is that when I have a lost person come to a group uh, of believers and I say, can anybody read these verses? Guess what? The awkward silence isn't as long as what it once was. You know why? Because everybody goes, I don't want this guy to think that we don't like reading the Bible. I read. Hey, can somebody pray? I'll pray. Does he may have an answer to the question? I'll answer. And as people are answering, they're doing so with a mindset, knowing that there's someone right beside them that needs to hear the gospel, that needs to hear their testimony. And so sometimes I've asked a question about uh, someone who is, uh, well, how do you believe, what do you think God's trying to teach us here in the Word? And someone answers it and says, you know, when I came to faith in Christ, this is my question, but then, then God did this in my life. They start sharing their testimony naturally. And this person is sitting there in the group watching disciples of Jesus who are not perfect, but are following a perfect Savior and, and figuring out how to follow Him beside each other. And what could take place is that over the time, this person comes to faith in Christ. It changes the dynamic of your group when you bring somebody along that doesn't know Jesus. And what could take place? Like, I, I really do believe this. We're living in a time, let's be honest, where there are many church members who are still, who are still fearful of coming back into a sanctuary to worship. If your church members are fearful, guaranteed the people in your city that don't have a church background, they're not just going to pop in most likely. But they might pop in if they're invited to a small group or online or in person of friends that they have. Just like Andrew did in John chapter 1, verse 40, when he saw Jesus, he went to um, Simon Peter, his brother. He first found his brother and said to him, we found the Messiah. You've got to come. And then I love verse 40, 42. It says, he brought him to Jesus. Folks, there's evangelism. You come into contact with Jesus and you go find someone that you love and you bring them along. you got to come with me. you got to see. I've met Jesus and I want you to meet him too. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says it this way. That so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you'd become very dear to us. If you're one of those people who you can share the gospel, that's great. But I love 1 Thessalonians 2.8 because it reminds us that we also need to share our own lives. And this is where this mentality could come into play in your church group. What if you brought someone in to share the gospel but also share your life? You see them in, in your good days and your bad days. You share with them your prayer requests. You share them the struggles of what it means to follow Jesus, but the resolve to continue to follow that path. What could happen in your group if you brought somebody that wasn't already a Christian along for the journey? I want to encourage you, however you see this, we're, we're not going to return to the new church normal, so let's start rebuilding it. And what if part of that rebuilding process have your people starting to grow in the gospel and go with the gospel? In your journey of following Jesus, what would happen if you, like Daniel and his friends, he brought some other friends along, some other people to see what God was really like? You can make a difference in these times. People are looking for answers. You've got it. 
Hope to see you on the second mile.